Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to eight days before the MLB trade deadline and welcome to Monday's edition of the Baseball Insiders. I am Adam Weinrib, joined as always by Fansides MLB Insider, Robert Murray, who's got a notebook to empty and questions from you all and me, I guess, I'm curious too, to answer. Robert, how you doing, man? I'm great. I've been up since 3.30 this morning, so that's that part's not great, but um, it's been a rather busy, busy morning. A lot of phone calls, a lot of texts. Um, good times. Though. How are you, Adam? I'm good. I saw you uh, hunker down with some additional cold brew this weekend, and you stocked up for the uh, the big week ahead. Uh, have you finished it all yet, or is there still some left over? There's thankfully still some left over. If I finished six containers of cold brew in about 12 hours, I think that'd be deeply concerning. But mm-hmm. thankfully, I still have plenty left, as well as steaks and chicken. So we're we're fully stocked. We're loving life. I've done it before. No, I've never plowed through that much cold brew, but I certainly have consumed more than I thought I was going to, especially when you get the real stuff and not the concentrate. Well, all of you are here in the right place, uh, and we'll be here today, Thursday at 3.30, next week, and on deadline day to take you through the end of the line here when the horn sounds. There might even be more deals consummated at the end of the deadline. Isn't it great when that happens, when it's like, 324 and you hear about another trade we're here to talk you through all the moves that could happen uh might happen and may never see the light of day and that's why we are welcoming your questions today your comments we'll answer as many as we can this is going to be as close to a mailbag as we can get i've got some stuff i got to get handled but we'd love to hear from all of you uh that is 3 30 eastern on the baseball insider feed mondays thursdays and i can't stress enough how exciting the opportunity is during this time of year to join us as a YouTube member as well. Lots of perks uh, with membership discord channel that Robert and I will both be in talking through potential rumors and chat and baseball as this deadline approaches. Uh, So join us, please. We are also sponsored today by DraftKings. Uh, Hey, if you're a baseball fan who doesn't have a DraftKings account, DraftKings has upgraded their signup offer for a limited time. If you are a new user You can receive $200 in bonus bets by following just three steps. One, create that account. Two, deposit, and then wager $5 or more on any sport. Uh, You have that unique ability. Whether your wager wins or loses, you will still get $200 in bonus bets if you sign up with the code BASEBALLINSIDER at sign up. It is right there in the bottom right corner of the screen. BASEBALLINSIDER, one word. It gets you the bonus. It supports the podcast. If you're considering signing up for DraftKings, Definitely use that code Baseball Insider to maximize your first bets. The offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. And now that we got that out of the way, Robert, let's go. Let's make it happen. Should I should I drop a little nugget right now? What do you? Yeah, think? let's start because I know you've got a, an overflowing notebook, a big old bottle of cold brew with some residue on top, and a, an item that has been unreported so far that we can break now. Yeah. So the uh, the Colorado Rockies they made a trade this morning, sending Pierce Johnson 
uh, to the Atlanta Braves. And the Braves think he can end up being pretty useful for them. And there's also been rumors of the Rockies moving some other players. I don't expect Brent Suter to move. The Rockies, according to my sources, have had recent discussions with Suter about an extension. I don't know if it's close, um, but there's other teams that are under the impression that Suter will not be going anywhere. So maybe a deal could be close. I don't know. But what I do know is that talks have happened about an extension. Well, there you go. It would not be out of character for the Rockies to pursue an extension with a reliever that many fans had deemed trade bait already. They've done it in the recent past and could be pursuing it again. But Pierce Johnson, uh, a lot of first dominoes to move uh, this year in particular. Like Aroldis was the first first. Then we got Fujinami last week. Pierce Johnson goes this morning. So does Taylor Hearn, both to the Braves. Uh, Johnson on the move. People are citing, uh, you know, the six plus ERA, et cetera. Um, 3.27 mark in his last 12 games, 58 Ks in 39 innings this year, and was closer material in Colorado. Um, so you have to believe the Braves see something, and it doesn't take much sleuthing to see something in those numbers either. No, exactly. And, and the Atlanta Braves, they're very good at evaluating other teams' talent and also figuring out ways that they can try to maximize it. And they envision him having a similar role and similar success to what he did with the Padres. So it's not necessarily like a um, – it's a pretty informed fit for them. Uh, they, they know – they've seen him do it in years past, a.k.a. Uh, last year. So I think it's a worthwhile gamble. They gave up a lot. They gave up one of their top 10 prospects and a, another top 30 guy. So uh, they clearly have big hopes for him. And also, yeah. Gustavo, I appreciate the kind of words, but don't get your hopes up for Otani or Goldschmidt ending up with the Padres. Uh, so <laughs> my, my my apologies for, the, for being the uh, – uh, the mood killer there every day we log on for a new episode and it feels like the Padres are no closer to being the buyers we all envisioned they'd be um, they just continue to have a very similar record and we look at the standings and go why are the Padres ah, you can't count Preller out but ah, God, come on ah. they're five and a half out though uh, presuming the Tigers finished off the Giants while we were speaking which I actually not positive yeah five one so that's final uh, the Padres are still somewhat in the race. Uh, all right, let's let's go to the mailbag uh, for now. Uh, Johnson and, and the and Hearn was was the only real movement over the weekend, but the Dodgers started to get uh, to drill down on their targets a little bit. Uh, people started chirping after Justin Verlander. We got a couple of comments on the Dodgers, so I'll start there. Um, Michael Carrillo before the show started, shout out, uh, asked if the Dodgers named two start uh, nab two starting pitchers. Prize picks. Poppy wants to know if Arenado becomes a Dodger. Uh, Justin asking about offers for the big boys in St. Louis. Uh, and Raymond Baum asking about Dylan Cease as a potential Dodger. Let's start a little simpler. What are the Dodgers actually looking for right now? Starting pitching, relief, outfield, etc. Yeah, that's those are the three positions they're looking at is starting pitching, relief, and an outfield. And I've mentioned it on the show before, and I'll say it again. Like they've been pretty hesitant to part with meaningful pieces for bullpen additions. So I'd, I kind of temper expectations there. Um, I think starting pitcher, a guy like Lucas Giolito makes so much sense for them, especially from he's grew up there, grew up a, a Dodger fan, um, makes so much sense. And then if you look at an outfield bat, um, there's three guys that make a whole lot of sense there. Uh, Tommy Pham with the Mets being one of them. I think that's a really – really good fit. Um, 
And then there is also Mark Canna uh, with the New York Mets. I think that's a, a fit that also makes sense. And also a guy like Kike Hernandez could also make some sense, but it would have to, they would have to make sure that fit is good there and he'd be okay with it. Cause it'd be kind of a, a different role uh, than what he had previously with the Dodgers. Maybe Kike and uh, Alex Cora can come as a package deal and maybe Cora becomes the Dodgers bench coach. Um, we we got to talk Red Sox because they continue to <laughs> one year after doing a hybrid buy sell. Um, they actually seem more qualified to do a hybrid buy sell this time around. Uh, they're matched with the Yankees. They're in fourth place in the AL East because they hold the tiebreaker. Uh, so shout out to them. Fourth, not last. But that still puts you over 500. Uh, they have a tough-ish stretch coming up this week after facing some truly bad teams. They've got the Braves. They got the Giants. They got the Mariners before the deadline. Who knows? They could still become sellers and fall down that ladder. But right now it feels like maybe don't be selling James Paxton so easily. Maybe we don't give away Adam Duvall and Kike. Maybe they actually do have to go all in and pick a direction. What do you see for them right now eight days before the big day? I'm still not necessarily not necessarily sure what they're going to do. Um, it's they're just in a, a really difficult position, and I think you can even lump a team like the Yankees into this too because it sounds like they're in limbo and trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do as well. Um, like they're in the bottom part of of the AL East, and I mean it's not impossible. What they're eight and a half games back or something like that. So mm-hmm. I mean, a couple of good weeks stretch there, and you could be right back in it. Uh, and then you also look at the wild card. They're not that far out of one of those wild card spots. To me, I think there's a strong argument that you can maybe look to add certain pieces, um, but not go all in. Uh, Cause I don't think either team has really necessarily shown um, that they should be going all in at this point. Yeah. Shout out to the Yankees and Red Sox specifically Yankees at their lowest point this season go sweep the Royals. And now all of a sudden fans are a little confused on what they should do. Red Sox lose the first game to the Mets. It's a three game losing streak trailing in the nightcap of Saturday's rain addled doubleheader, losing to Max Scherzer after creating a little league home run. They come back and beat Scherzer beat up Carrasco on Sunday night baseball. Now Red Sox fans have the same questions. Yankee fans do. So uh, those two teams are very tied together this year and probably have to attempt the same long-term strategy. Uh, well, that's the kind of content you get on the Baseball Insiders during trade season. Uh, Robert is uh, actively pursuing leads, making sure that he can get you the best possible information. Um, and uh, he knows this this man knows more than me. So I'm, I'm pontificating. He's getting the real stuff. And that's why if you get the chance, you're going to want to join us in the Discord this week uh, where he and I will both be popping in and popping out with tidbits if you want access real time to chat with us, get your questions clarified, something we couldn't cover on the show That's the space to find us. All you have to do is become a YouTube member to get there. We'll be giving you the best information that we have all the way up through deadline day. Now, uh, Robert, I know you're chasing the Pirates, too. You were sort of the first to drop on me when they weren't in last place that they were ready to start selling. Uh, More information seems to be trickling out every day, indicating that they're moving even further and clarifying those pursuits. Yeah, like the, the three trade candidates there, you can really look at are um, you have, um, boy, I'm drawing blanks on him right now. Oh, Rich Hill. Uh, Rich Hill, I would firmly expect him to be going um, at some point in the next eight days. It sounds like that is just a matter of when, not if. Um, I know David Bender has been mentioned in recent rumors. 
um, I would call that pretty unlikely. Um, obviously, they'll listen just in case something is out there. Um, but they have him under control for a few more years, and he's one of the best relievers in baseball. Like they value him, and they envision themselves contending as early as next year. So I can't see him going anywhere. Uh, I think a guy that does have a shot of going is G-Man Choi. Um, I think that is somebody who um, makes plenty of sense uh, for teams that are looking for a veteran bat. And speaking of veteran bats, uh, Carlos Santana, that is, I, I think he's got a good shot of going as well. Um, but the Pirates, like they value both Santana and Rich Hill's uh, leadership ability. And they think that's been a pretty important ingredient for this year's team, especially considering it's so young. Um, but both of those guys will attract interest. And I think it's more likely than not that they end up going, um, especially Rich Hill. Yeah, I'm eyeing that Rich Hill to the Dodgers fit, too. And and I'm glad we were able to discuss Bednar a little bit because I know the missive came down today that they were listening but you and I have both talked before in the past that listening is sort of the bare minimum. You have to listen. Have somebody, to. somebody blows you away, you get it done. But listening yeah. on Bednar does not mean smoke or fire. No, exactly. I, I firmly expect him not to go anywhere. You mentioned Rich Hill and the Dodgers. Don't think so. Um, I, there's two teams. This is just me speculating. Um, this isn't sourced information, but two teams that I think make a whole lot of sense for Rich Hill are uh, the Baltimore Orioles because of, of his experience in the American League East and also the Milwaukee Brewers. They they lost Wade Miley uh, due to an injury, and I think Rich Hill would play really well at, I was about to say Miller Park, but American Family Field. Um, so I, I think those are two teams that make a whole lot of sense there for Rich Hill, or a.k.a. Dick Mountain. I had, I had to mention the Dick Mountain thing in there. I think that's the best nickname in baseball. Yeah, slicing a few more, uh, putting a few more passport stamps on old Dick Mountain's uh, paperwork. I, I had a ton of fun uh, listening to the Brewers this weekend. I was coming back from Cooperstown, driving back Saturday night with the baseball package on, listening to Bob Euchre narrate Sal Freelich's MLB debut. What a what a game that was! What a coup! And and Freelich goes three for three delivers the game-winning RBI with a line drive sack fly, and then Devin Williams holds on for dear life at the end. Uh, they said on the fo- – I got home for the final out. They said on the Fox broadcast, basically, this is the Brewers' formula. Uh, you know, bring up the kids, hit just enough to win, win another one-run game against an NL contender. Um, so I would be remiss if we got through the whole show without me saying that I was sort of blown away by what Freelich added to that team in a debut for the age. Yeah, that was about as good of a debut as he could have possibly asked for. Um, and that's the recipe for the Brewers. And that's something that they're going to continue to do is promote their top young guys into the major leagues. Like, obviously, we've seen it with Joey Weimer. I think they promoted him the second game of the year. And now they have Sal Freelich in the major leagues as well. And that's two guys that they envision being there in the long haul in the outfield. And that is a very talented group right there. And then they have a fellow named Jackson Churio, who is one of the best prospects in baseball. He's not going to debut this year. Um, But when he eventually does debut, uh, we're talking about one of the top two prospects in baseball. He is, he is extremely good. Um, The Brewers though, they're, they're a very fascinating team and their bullpen has been one of their biggest strengths this year. And it wouldn't surprise me if they still tried to add to it. Um, just to give them another guy because they've had success in previous years when they had Josh Hader, Devin Williams, and Corey Canable going in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. Um, they have two guys in that doing that right now, uh, but it, like they could absolutely, um, 
they could add another one. It wouldn't surprise me there. I, I think a, a real target for them um, should be adding another outfielder, specifically a veteran outfielder. And I had somebody, a rival team mentioned Tommy Pham as a pot- potential fit. Like I have not confirmed that as something that's actually on the Brewers' radar, uh, but as of something like that could make sense for them. Uh, I think Pham is going to draw a lot of interest. Uh, I saw Bob Nightingale mention the Philadelphia Phillies with him. Um, there's the Dodgers obviously make a whole lot of sense too. The Brewers make sense. Um, there's going to be a lot of interest in in Tommy Pham. I feel pretty pretty certain about that. It would make much more sense for him to go to an actual contender this year instead of going to a place like Boston last year, sitting somewhere in between. I'm just a sucker for a player like Freelich who first round talent, first round pedigree. You know, scouts degree agree that he is a star, but he still gives you the quotes that indicate he's a grinder. Like he plays and efforts to the point where, you know, if you would think he is not a guy who has one of the elite skill sets in the game. So I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, but the comment section is right. Freelick and Garrett Mitchell. If Mitchell hadn't gotten hurt, it's an even more impressive current Brewers uh, outfield group, which is why they might have to go for a rental. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, Garrett Mitchell, that's a great shout. Um, he That's somebody that that organization is extremely excited about. And you got to see it in short time when he was in the majors. Like they, That was just – they had a bunch of energy. It was a big spark plug for them. And they, it was the youth movement in Milwaukee. I think they called themselves the kids or the freshmen. Um, and it's – it's it, they're not going to be all together this year, but next year that is a very good foundation. It's a good problem to have too. Um, considering they also have a fellow named Christian Yelich there too. He's looking much more like his usual self. Um, and it gives them, um, obviously it gives them flexibility, gives them four major league caliber outfielders. And also why adding a rental this year uh, would be the probably the most wise move that they could do, considering having five of those guys might be too much for, for uh, whoever the manager is there next year to, to figure out. Yeah, and uh, we'll see on the front office as well, uh, potential turnover this offseason. Yeah, well, I mean, Matt Arnold is going to be there, but with David Stearns possibly going, yeah. I figured we should clarify that. We're not not dropping a potential Matt Arnold thing, but the the Craig Council, we'll get into that at some point later on in the season, but the fact that his contract is is unsettled and he went into the year with that uncertainty – it's 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 interesting. It makes me wonder exactly what his plans are. He has not told anybody, um, but I know his sons and watching them grow up and watching them now uh, will soon play college baseball. That's a pretty important thing for him. Yeah, and he's got a team to navigate to the finish line full of kids ready to reach the next generation first. But at the end of the year, we will see what decision he makes uh is is it time for our ep, uh daily Shohei Otani check-in it might be because um, I know you have some Angels notebook stuff to empty and uh obviously <laughs> they're not gonna make any decision on him for sure until what 24 hours for the deadline like they're not they're gonna take as much data as they can you don't want to trade Shohei Otani and then go oh no you know what I shouldn't have done was trade Shohei Otani uh so they're gonna give that heavy consideration they're in listening mode just like Pirates and Bedner. But uh, what do you have for us on the Angels right now? They, they're they getting hits on a lot of their major league players, um, but they're not in, they're not ready to entertain that. They have not gotten in any serious talks about moving any of their major league players. I still think it's much more likely that they buy. Um, 
I would not, I'm, I'm not anticipating having to drop a, a Shohei Otani tweet um, about him being traded. I just don't think it happens. Um, I st- as I said, I still think they buy. I think they're going to get creative about it because they view internally at least that um, a lot of their issues right now are health related. They obviously don't have Mike Trout. Like Logan O'Hoppy has been missing a lot of time. They've missed some relievers. Um, once they all get back, that's going to help them a lot. And then whoever they add at the deadline, if they do add, which I do think they will. Um, but as of right now, I still feel relatively confident that Shohei Otani is not going anywhere. Well, I have a Shohei Otani tweet in my drafts for every single team. I have uh, a trade trade tweet lined up for every single team. So I'll, I'll fire it off uh, as soon as I hear anything. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. Friend offered me a friendly wager this weekend saying we should do we should do an Otani trade wager. And I said, great. I don't think he's going to be traded. And then he said, OK, great. Neither do I. Let's not do a wager. And that's where we stand. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, if you want to do that wager, um, betting on him not being traded seems like the, the right bet right now. And I'll, I'll answer a question here from Johnny, uh, a yeah. loyal listener, Johnny. We appreciate you as always. He wants me to announce the Cubs as buyers. Um, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I would be right. Um, but I do think the idea of the Cubs holding on to Cody Bellinger is a realistic thought. Um just because they did it last year with Wilson Contreras when it felt like it was obvious that they should trade him and they kept him uh, for the rest of the year and let him leave as a free agent. But they also, they offered him the qualifying offer. So they got a draft pick in return. Um, It's possible they do the same thing with him this year, give him the qualifying offer. If we'll hold on to him, then give him the qualifying offer. Um, And I do think there's a, I do think that they would absolutely try to extend him. Like he's, his play has warranted it for sure. He's enjoyed playing in Chicago by all accounts. Chicago likes him. Um, so I do think the idea of the Cubs holding on to Bellinger is like, is realistic. I just don't know um, if some team blows him away with an offer or what they would do in that situation. Yeah, there's a mutual option there, but you'd have to think that if Bellinger keeps this up and stays in Chicago, that he'll decline and then they'll enter into those deeper conversations. No, exactly. And that's kind of the same thing um, as like you look at a Marcus Stroman type, like the option, he's got a player option and that makes it a little bit more challenging uh, and exactly what a team should give up because um, obviously like, like if, if, so basically if, if Stroman pitches as well as he has the rest of the year, um, then he's going to decline the player option. And if he ends up getting hurt or if he struggles, then like, accepting that player option becomes more realistic and that just impacts the, the trade value. Uh, same with Eduardo Rodriguez um, in, uh, in, in Detroit. Um, and Justin, that's, you're right. Bellinger's agent is Scott Boris. He will want for agency. That's exactly what Boris does. Um, but I mean, if, if the Cubs, like if they end up keeping Bellinger, then they would have the first crack at trying to resign him and, Trading him may end up closing the door on on possibly re-signing him. I don't know that. That's just me speculating. But I know that's been um, that's kind of varied by case by case in years past. Um, but the Cubs, I think, I think they do want to uh, they want to have a shot a shot at re or at re-signing Bellinger. Bellinger has been fantastic. He's obviously been even better than fantastic in the month of July. Really odd savant profile. Like his stat cast stuff, the exit velo, hard hit percentage, barrel percentage, all really bottom of the barrel. And he's found a way to eliminate K's this year. And 
that's great. But, you know, man, I, I can't shake the idea that there might be a little August regression coming for him or maybe September. And then if somebody pulled the trigger, they'd regret it. I don't want to say that because it sounds ridiculous to say about a player who's got 2.8 B war on the year and who's spent the whole first half rejuvenating his career after putting up 500, 600 OPSs the last couple of years. But there's some scary stuff in that batted ball profile. Again, nerd stuff. And and I, if anybody wanted to say just watch Cody Bellinger, I would be like, yep, I agree with you. He's been awesome. But as a cautious man, it's a little bit scary. It is. And that being said, though, like he's still a very good player because um, you, you see different things of like Ellie De La Cruz. I know like the people are all over his his numbers. Like he's, he's a great player. He's, he's going to be a great player. Um I, I think the um, the potential worries of Bellinger are like are valid just because of also of his injury history as well. So I, I was talking about it earlier today with a buddy and when he eventually does get that big deal or when he goes to free agency and gets that multi-year deal where Bellinger we're talking about, we have no idea what it's going to look like. Um, it's just there's so much up in the air. I don't even have a good guess. Uh, is that uncertain, especially if he continues performing at this level for the rest of the year? And I, I see Justin um, in the comments section here. He's been asking us a few times about this. Yeah. The Cardinals are listening to offers for Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, and Wilson Contreras. Uh, I think that listening is the, they do that with every player. Um, you have to. Um, but that being said, I, I will eat my own shoe on this podcast if they trade Arenado or Goldschmidt this year. Um, they want to contend – in 2024 um and i just they, they view those guys as like a key piece in that wilson Contreras, i don't know um i'm a little less certain about that one just because of how rocky that's been to start here um but and we also saw bob nightingale say that they're they're open to moving him or something along those lines yesterday i cannot independently confirm that um but you never you never know um and then, yeah, <laughs> Gustavo, he says AJ probably is going to take that as a challenge, Bob. That is a terrifying thing. Uh, I did not even think of that. Um, yeah, if there's ever one GM who's going to prove me wrong, it's AJ Preller. That guy is as unpredictable as they come. But uh, I feel pretty confident I will not be eating a shoe on this podcast uh, after the trade deadline. At least I, at least I hope not. Otherwise. Thankful, or thank goodness I have hot sauce in the fridge. Otherwise, that, that could end up being an issue. I was going to say, this is bad news. I don't know if you know this yet. We actually have a shoe-eating channel in the Discord. Like, we have live feed of you eating a shoe in the Discord channel. So Yeah, make sure. Hey, hey I'm in there. I'm in there. So make sure you guys go to that Discord channel, by the way. I, I, will, eat a, I will eat a shoe there. I'll eat a shoe on, on the YouTube channel here. So, um, yeah, it's... Oh boy. I said the same thing, kind of a similar thing last year about the shoe with Juan Soto. Good, good memory, Michael. Um, yeah, there he is. I did not do that, but this year I will actually eat a shoe. Uh, if either Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt are moved, I, that is the, the Burt guarantee. And that is uh, my heart sunk. As I was saying that, what the hell did I just get myself into? You're right with the hot sauce though. Cause as somebody who has had to eat a hat in the past, hot sauce and ketchup really made it, the little fabric snippets go down. I said I would eat a hat, a Red Sox hat, if the Red Sox DFA'd Hanley Ramirez 
in the middle of the 2018 season. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would they do that? He's like one of their best offensive players. Boom, DFA'd like eight minutes later. I went out and bought a hat on company money. I got reimbursed. I did not buy a Red Sox hat using my credit card. I tried charged corporate, uh, but I did eat a chunk of that hat, and that was really dumb to do. Yeah, that. Yeah, I would say it's dumb, but I literally just said I was going to eat a shoe. So I guess that makes us uh, both dumb. So shout out, shout out to us, I guess. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, I tell you what, if Jonathan India gets traded at this deadline, I will eat a delicious spaghetti dinner because I feel like that one's kind of possible. So I'm going to bet good food instead of uh, clothing items for men, I'm not going to eat a men's shoe. I'll eat, you know, carbonara. Uh, Mark Feinsand said today the Reds are willing to dangle him for controllable pitching. Feels like we were having this conversation a couple weeks ago when Ellie De La Cruz was getting promoted. Like Kirk Herbstreit was in it, screaming about how they'll solve the infield logjam. We don't need to trade anybody. Now they're talking about trading Jonathan India. I mean, a lot more infielders on the horizon, too, uh, in the minor league level. Logjam's only going to get worse. Uh, what are you hearing here with the Reds? Yeah, um, that's certainly been something that I think has been talked about quite a bit, especially since the Ken Rosenthal and C. Trent Rosecrans uh, article that they wrote for The Athletic a couple months ago. Um, that's always been an option. And um, now the Reds, like they're, I would imagine they're getting interest in a guy um, like that. Obviously, like very talented player. Um, would not be surprised if he does get moved, especially – if they do get the arm that they're looking for. And that being said, when that report came out from Mark Feinsand, he said that the Reds, that they're, they're willing to move India for a young, controllable starting pitcher. I was trying to think in my head who that could be. I don't know. Um, Cause the market this year is just relatively just extremely uncertain. And it could make it tough to complete a deal now. Um, they don't have to just because their other guys have not necessarily – well, they haven't debuted yet, but they do have, like, Steer. They obviously have De La Cruz. They got Matt McClain, and they got Encarnacion Strand. Like, they they can be patient if they want to. Uh, I know a couple – a few of those guys have debuted, um, but they don't have to make a move now. But if it's not a move now, I think the offseason certainly makes sense. But um, still, this this trade market is, is very uncertain. There's certain guys that – like, I also, I mean, this isn't a necessarily a Reds target for Jonathan India, but I think a guy that we should talk about as a potential trade option is Alex Wood uh, with the San Francisco Giants. Like, I think there is, uh, we should pay, we should be paying some attention to that name. I wouldn't say a lot, but wouldn't surprise me if he does get moved. Well, there we go. Um, I'm thinking when you say controllable young starting pitcher, I think, the Dodgers, I think Emmett Sheehan, Michael Grove. Like, if the Yankees didn't have so many infielders, I'd be thinking about Clark Schmidt. Like, the Yankees don't have much to offer right now except for controllable starting pitchers. So maybe if Glaber Torres finds a new home this offseason, they revisit that. Trade Peraza in a big package. I'm just 
I'm going a little off the rocker right now, which is what we do deadline week. Just kind of a million baseball names are floating around in my head. It's like I'm doing trade deadline immaculate grid right now. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you that'll actually be kind of fun to do a trade deadline immaculate grid. That would be a good time. But yeah, I'll tell you, uh, my brain is the exact same way. Um, obviously, I'm trying to figure out what's real and what's not. And then I'm also fielding phone calls like 15 minutes before the, the podcast here. And I had a, a very prominent agent ask me um, what exactly Otani is probably going to get in the offseason. And I my response was probably st- it has to start with a five. Right. And his response was you could even make the argument that it starts with a six. And it's just like we're, we're talking possibly five to six hundred million dollars for Shohei Otani. I mean, that would be figure over 10 years, 55 to 60, 60 million a year, or even 10 to 12 years for 55 or 60 million. That's, it's crazy. It is absolutely nuts, but um, his play this year has certainly warranted it. And I am just incredibly curious to see where he ends up because you got to look at all the suitors that are going to be on him. It's going to be all the big boys. And it's going to be, you can make the argument that a team like the Orioles or, um, or plenty of other teams that have cleared payroll room, um, can can make a play for him. So that's the most fascinating free agency in baseball history. That is, I feel very comfortable saying that. The thing with the Otani contract that's so funny too is it's just going to be like this once-in-a-lifetime meteoric event. Like no hitter in their right mind is going to use Otani's contract as a comp for them because the GM is going to be like, do you pitch? Like there's like nobody entering the market in the future is going to be able to be like, I should earn the same contract as Otani. They'll be like, Maybe half of it. Like, truly, what are you telling me? Um, so whoever makes this commitment is really is getting a genuine unicorn. Um, Michael Lorenzen is not going to make the same money as a two-way player. I'll tell you that right now. You don't think so? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know, though, but it's it's possible, but unlikely. Yeah, I'll tell you, that's a guy that will attract uh, some good free agent interest um, or some good trade interest, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll remember – I remember this, too, because the Giants – um, I do think that adding another arm would make sense, especially if they do move a guy like Alex Wood. The Giants heavily pursued Lorenzen as a free agent two years ago. So I wonder if they would kind of renew that interest. Although that being said, like Scott Harris was a big believer in, in or a big pusher in that movement for when the Giants pursued him, obviously signed him now with the Tigers. Um, so I wonder, but that was, that was something that just popped into my head uh, during the podcast. I'm like, hmm, very interesting. What does he know? He is peaking. So Lorenzen picked a good time uh, to heat up and pitch in the All-Star game. Uh, Justin in the comments is is going to eat a shoe also. So we, we have a secondary shoe eater. Justin also knows every Boris client, and I still kind of maintain that Justin might be a burner for Scott Boris. Uh, so you might have to send me a photograph uh, of you holding today's newspaper to prove that you're not Scott Boris. Yeah, it's, yeah I mean – Justin, you you do have some very good informed comments. I will I will tip my cap to you on that one. That's I much respect. You have very good comments. Yeah, just not yeah, a lot of puns. Like, you know, Boris does the puns, and Justin's sort of straightforward. So maybe he's not Scott. Yeah, although yeah, I mean, it's crazy because I actually I asked somebody that at the winter meetings, like who writes Boris's puns, <laughs> and like said it was it, it was Scott himself that does it. So the fact that he, he can do that at his age. Also respect to that. 
Yeah, respect, true respect to the man who will run this offseason in the same way he runs most. Um, anything else to touch on? Uh, you got this overflowing notebook packed with scribbles. Uh, a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of motion in the next week. I mean, uh, yeah. And anything else that we forgot to touch on? Um, I saw this asked in the in the comment section, and I'll I'll answer it now. It's uh, when the the trade market is going to start moving. Like it's mm-hmm. it's certainly starting to pick up a little bit more, um, but it's still at the point where there's a lot of uncertainty, especially with um, with the Angels, with the Padres, with the Yankees, um, with a lot of these prime teams that are going to be in position to sell. So I would expect a lot more movement like in the day or two or three leading up to the deadline. Um, There's going to be some moves that are made in the coming days, but nothing. I don't think anything too earth shattering there. So I would, I would just recommend being patient Um, still kind of skeptical at a big move or big move is going to be made. Like when I say big move, I'm talking like Otani or Juan Soto or Josh Hader um, cause I think the Padres are more likely to buy than they are to sell, um, as of this point and prize picks poppy is asking who Shohei Otani's agent is. It is Nez Bolello and the group at CAA baseball. Um, it is not Scott Boris, uh, for those who are asking. So, yeah. um, and then who will sell that shouldn't, that is a good question. I was about to end the show with that question. I like that question a lot. Thanks. Yeah. Me. Let me, let me think about that one. What do you have anything that off the top of your head, Adam? Ooh, it's tough because, you know, you look at the Cubs and that run differential that's been staring everybody in the face for months. And you sort of say, is this the best team in the NL Central? Like, are they a week away from just, you know, getting right back in that race? At the end of the day, probably not. I do think the Cubs should at least lean sell uh, if they're going to add, maybe add controllable long term in the same way that if the Yankees are going to add, don't add rentals. The Red Sox are going to add don't add rentals, right? So it's, I can think of more teams that should, that are going to buy but shouldn't. Like I would put the Yankees in that category rather than teams that are going to regret selling. Like you got slam dunk sellers. Like the Nats, get rid of Candelario, get rid of Lane Thomas. Like those are easy. Like I, I don't know if there are going to be that many regrets. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I was I was going through the standings right now and I was, I was having that same exact issue. I think um, you and I once again are very aligned on that one. <laughs> Does that make a good podcast or, or a bad podcast? I'm actually hey, I'm telling you, what we do in the baseball inside is we, we spit facts. Uh, we don't do any hot takes. We This is good content right here, my friend. So keep up the good work. I'm, I'm proud of you. You so. too. Yeah, that's that's what we give you. That's what the show is. If we agree, it's because it's because we're both smart and correct. How about that? You know what? I, I like that. Yeah, we're both smart and correct. I'm going to that's going to be my new uh, it's gonna be my new Twitter bio. I was going to say <laughs> I was going to say my hinge bio. Um, but I, I figure that probably wouldn't that wouldn't play on hinge. Yeah, women women don't like to be told how smart you are before they meet you. They, they want to get the face to face first. No, that I, that would go over. I'm going to steal a line from my mom. That'll that'll go over like a lead balloon. So yeah, that uh, yeah, boy oh boy. Shout out to Mama Murray. And shout out if for anybody who's hearing us now and hearing me say that we're always smart and correct. Don't watch our preseason predictions episode. No, God, no. <laughs> That was a disaster class, but hey, what we do know is uh, is is we can provide good insight at the baseball trade deadline and also in the off season too. So we we appreciate everybody who watched uh, Justin. We appreciate that comment. That is very kind of you. Yes, sir. Um, and yeah, without you guys subscribing and commenting and watching the show, not possible to be here. So um, just a a genuine thank you uh, from both Adam and I, and also Joanne. 
uh, who does a lovely job producing the show. Absolutely true. Thanks to everybody for maintaining the viewership throughout this episode. Numbers, I'm watching them go up and up and up and stay up. Nobody dipped out when we were sharing our, our opinions, which is hopefully the sign of a good show. We hope everybody enjoyed it. And if you did, there are still other steps you can take. If you like the comment section here, you can become a member on YouTube. Join that Discord. We'll be there chatting it up as the deadline approaches afterwards during the second half of the season, playoffs and into the offseason. Like Robert said, this grind in particular never stopped. You might be here because the trade deadline's on the horizon. Well, guess what? As soon as the trade deadline's over and August starts, you're going to be having off-season questions, and we're going to be here to answer them. We'll be answering them in real time in the Discord if you want to find us there. Again, DraftKings sponsors the podcast. We appreciate it. $200 in bonus bets. If you create that account, deposit money, wager five or more on any sport, the code BASEBALLINSIDER at sign up will let you get that done and will ensure your bets. Uh, we'll hopefully give you information to make those informed bets as the deadline approaches. Second half happens. October comes down. Uh, shout out to the comment section and shout out to you, obviously, Robert Murray, for taming that notebook for a great show today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Great show. Um, Thursday, we'll make sure we'll have just as much, if not more, information for you. So, um, yeah, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll see you Thursday. See you Thursday. We'll be right back at it. Bring more questions. We will field them. We'll see you then. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.